Hello and welcome to our special Christmas edition of Wheeling in the Years. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a current legend of the Dublin football team. A man who in 2014 created history to be the first Dublin player to win four All-Stars in a row, joining the likes of Paddy O'Shea and Jack O'Shea in a special club. Add to that, four All-Irelands, eight Leinsters and four National Leagues, quite an impressive haul. And still only 30 years of age and a few more years left in the blue jerseys. Welcome, Paul Flynn. Thanks very much, Wheeling. Good to be here. Yeah, delighted you could come in. I know it's a busy week and uh, you're enjoying the off-season at the moment. But listen, congrats on a, on a very special year. Not only dominating the inter-county season, but uh, your club, Fingalian, had a special win in the Intermediate Championship. I suppose that topped off a great year, didn't it? It did, yeah. It was, it was great. Like, um, I suppose, I don't know whether when, when, you're, when you're kind of engrossed in the inter-county kind of scene, um, whether you truly get to enjoy the, the club scene as well because, you know, it's, it's, it's quite hectic. But when you get a chance to go back to the club after you know a successful season with the Dubs and get a good run at games, get a good run of training sessions, and you kind of just, I suppose, you become more part of the club team. Sometimes you feel like you're not fully a part of it because you're not there all the time. But uh, it, it was great this time around because we had a good run of it. We were winning games. We were having good laugh along the way too. And uh, yeah, we built we, we built a special bond, I suppose. When you when you have a long county career, like people people probably forget that when you're coming back. <laughs> every three or four weeks and you're playing the odd game here and there you don't feel part of it you don't that's not the, fully that's no the diff- difficulty for an inter-county player isn't it it is you feel a little like, I suppose there's a couple of different pressures you feel one like you should be performing like to a certain level because you're an inter-county player um, but then two you don't feel a part of the squad you, you don't fully know how they, they, they play and how players like to receive a ball or what lads like to do when they get the ball and stuff like that and I suppose you only learn those things um, when you play with lads a little bit more um, and I think when you come back when you're down training with lads too they appreciate they say look this guy's you know he's grinding it out with the rest of the lads rather than just swanning in uh, with his Dublin bag and thinks he he, he, uh, he can come in and run the show or whatever you know so I, just, I think that's an important part of it and that's for me it's important part is to be training with the lads and that's what I enjoyed really I suppose and it topped off a great year another clean sweep in the inter-county season yeah look Look, Willow, you know yourself. Like we're 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 a lucky bunch of players at the moment. Like to be to be a part of such a kind of great team, um, you know. And look, I I know how privileged and lucky I am to be a part of this team. And it's just it's just being great, you know. So this autumn <coughs> as well, you, you 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 took the plunge and went down on on, on one knee, yeah, to the lovely, <laughs> lovely Fiona, yeah. She said yes, did she? Oh God, yeah, the <laughs> foolish lady, yeah. No, uh, I suppose, yeah, and no, that was great. Like it did top off. I suppose that was probably you know the highlight of the year, really. Like um, ten years gone out with one another now, and um, we just bought a house together and we're living in swords and stuff like that. So things have been going great, but yeah, no, um, I took the plunge now, so we're did engaged. You do a good job America. on it. You went to America. Was it all you know? Was uh, I was. Yet? Look, she said yes anyway. So that's all <laughs> <laughs> saying no more, saying no more. But I was, listen, when you talk about swords and we talk about Fingalians, like that's where it all started, really. Um, you know, Dully was your childhood hero growing up, and mm. you played with a, a very good Fingalians team from from under ten upwards, and and, and that's how you became embed, embedded in the GA. Was it was it GA from day one? In your oh household? yeah, yeah. Like my dad and my mom, like are just like you know, um, GA hardcore kind of fans. They'd go to any game, you know, even if like I wasn't playing, they'd just go to see Gaelic football games, um, and hurling for that matter. But um, there was no choice for me. I, I kind of, I flirted with like soccer and other sports like golf and things like that when I was younger. But, you know, if there was ever a sacrifice made, it was with them sports. I always played, you know, um, with Finns and that was just, that was paramount. And you're right, like we were lucky. We had a team underage from nines up, like who like went unbeaten for five or six years. 
in Division 1, like, you know, which, you know, is something that we haven't been able to kind of recreate in the last couple of years, but we're, we're getting there. But, um, it just makes a big difference, I suppose, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. just being a part it's, of the it's, it's actually something, yeah, people tend to miss. They, they see inter-county players come through. Like, if you look back at, you know, Brian Fenton and Rohini played on a very strong team that was unbeaten in a few years. Kilkenny played on a very strong Casa Knock team. Like, it, it does ingrain a, a winning mentality. It's important to be part of a kind of a, a winning setup, even as a kid, isn't it? Absolutely. It's no fluke, you know. It's it's, it's the environment you're, 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 you're being, you're, you're developing in, like, you know, and if lads are going to good players around you and they're pushing you, you know, you're obviously going to push yourself that bit further too, you know, mm. so it's definitely important. And a little birdie told me, even going back as far as that under 10 year, that, you know, you, you, you're still very well groomed and looked after the hair and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And you, you had a trip to France when you were under 10. Do you have any, any recollections of that trip oh, to France God, now? I, I do. Have, yeah, I know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, look, you know, you have to kind of, um, I suppose, uh, I, I don't even know how to comment on that, but... Uh, <laughs> I had an eye for the girls when I was a young lad. Anyway, that's for <laughs> so sure. I heard, yeah, so I heard. <laughs> the French girls, particularly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but who would have been your? Who would have been your? The biggest influences in your career in Fingalians? Yeah, like I, I think it's it's a funny one. Like you know, um, it's a question you're asked often. Like you know, and people always think it's going to be like it's always going to be a coach or it's always going to be. Um, you know, uh, someone who kind of taught you how to play the game. But for me, like I have to say, it was my parents, really. Like, you know, they were the ones who, who like really kind of drove uh, me to play. Not drove me to play, but like literally like kind of brought me um, along the way. You know, they, mm. they made sure everything was ready for me. They made sure I was able to, to, to have the gear ready. They brought me to games, very supportive. And, you know, like one thing I loved about it all was like even if you had a good game or a bad game, um, you come home and they, you know, they yeah. see no badness that's, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Like, how how are the interactions? They didn't put pressure on you. They just kind of no pressure you because you know people hear about these parents that put too much pressure on their kids. No, 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 definitely not. Like, I put enough pressure on myself and like beat myself up about games a lot. Like, so I suppose they didn't really need to that much. But I do remember like we had a, um, we had a, we had a minor game. It's probably my, one of my biggest regrets in in football. Um, we had a great minor team. That team that I spoke of just earlier, like, you know, we kind of developed into a really strong minor team. And um, we were we were we drew a semi final against a very fancy Round Towers team who kind of amalgamated with Trim the Castle and they had really good really good team, James Gales. And um, we drew with them out there and it was a dog fight and like we played unreal to get the draw in the end, but we could have won. But we brought them back to Fingalians. There must have been two or three thousand people there, like, you know. And uh, I got two yellow cards within 15 minutes and got sent off, which was very harsh. Like, you know, the referee was seemed to be able to get me, you know, I probably had a bit of a temper back then. Um, <laughs> more serious? so, yeah. <laughs> more so than I even have now, but uh, I had a bad temper back then. I probably wasn't in full control of, and I got sent off. But, like, it felt like the kind of, well, no, it definitely was true. It was like the, the whole club were kind of like, you know, looking looking at me as if to say, like, what were you at, like, or whatever. But um, but your parents are there then after that then to kind of be able to put their arm around you and kind of, you know... <laughs> make was, there, was there a big lesson in that day for you? There was a big lesson that day for me, yeah. I knew, like, I had a temper all the way growing up and, like, coaches would have told me, school probably would have told me. My parents were even telling me, like, you know, but um, I think that day kind of it resonated with me that, like, I was the bigger, biggest loser that day because of my temper, I suppose. And like, I felt the burden of the loss of the team for the team, you know, and I felt guilty for it. So, um, I suppose I wouldn't say from that then day forward, but I was more cognizant of the fact that I needed to be kind of in control of it, I suppose. And you played hurling as well. 
at younger age I played a bit I played a lot how did that temper work out when you had a horn in your hand (laughs) (laughs) oh god look I I can't I can't recollect anything too bad because um, I I suppose no I I can't really I have no real I think I was in goal for a lot of the hurling I suppose I was that lunatic goalkeeper (laughs) who they kept (laughs) kept hitting the ball at me (laughs) Uh, but obviously great days and great memories um, and then you were the lead player all the way way up and then you broke into the minor setup then in in, in 2004 was it? Yeah I played minor in 2004 I didn't play first year minor I didn't play second year minor like you know I, I was raw talent back then like you know and like I probably like even when I was on the minor team my kind of determination my, my kind of my my um, my guts, I suppose, and playing for the heart, you know, probably got me onto that starting team in the end. Like I wasn't, I was on the B team for a lot of the, the a lot of the season. I remember we played a competition, um, pre-season, pre-championship competition, and I played really well in it, midfield, and I got to start then midfield, and um, yeah, I played, I played well. We lost. <laughs> We lost in the first round against Mead, so um, it didn't it didn't go too well, like you know. But would you would you attribute your high work rate and intensity to and your and your that raw hunger that got you in the team rather than yeah yeah hundred percent like I wasn't the most skillful yeah I wasn't the most skillful like you know and I was something that like I la- I worked on a lot later when I got to yeah. college, but definitely back then I was raw it was raw like you know it was like I was strong I was really strong like from from my age and I had a great pair of hands and um you know obviously I could I could find a pass but like you know other than, like I wasn't gonna be dummy soloing lads I was gonna be going through them if anything else and um it let leave the leave the rest of the work for your lads to be doing you know. But I played a lot centre back in midfield, so I was more of a kind of a you know defensive. Yeah, I was going to ask you that Mid- midfield was was midfield your natural position growing up? Yeah, well, actually, I started out like playing full back, centre back. That was a lot yeah. of the places where I played. That was very very young, and then as I got to fifteen, sixteen, it was centre back midfield all the time. Yeah, and I remember I remember standing on the the bank in Fingallians. Uh, at the time, I would have been playing with Dublin, and I was standing with Davy Billings, and you were playing a match for Fingallians, and he pointed you out, so he he had you earmarked in oh six oh seven, and I remember looking at you, thinking you you you'd play with an aggressive style, and you'd love to throw the shoulder into fellas, but you had a huge work rate and huge energy on the pitch, but he had you earmarked, and it would have been the type of player that Davy would would have loved, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the call came from. Through Dully from from Pillar to come into the senior panel then yeah that was after the twenty one season yeah that's it's, it's I suppose that's a kind of a it's a great compliment coming from Davy you know like you know we all had held him up in such high esteem but um, after twenty one season we didn't have a great season in that either and um, I got called in for a squad game on a Tuesday or Wednesday evening it was one of these games where they obviously can't couldn't rally up the numbers for for a game and they they, they called on on lads who were right on the periphery. And yeah, I got called in and um, Pillar actually said something before and he said, look, you know, we see as a raw talent, someone who we can work with and mould and stuff. And this is before the game. And I think it gave me a bit of a kind of confidence. I went down in the game, right? I didn't play great at all. And I tell this story, do you, I don't know if you remember it or not, but you were playing. And uh, I caught Darren McGee with a shoulder blindside, right? And it was like one of those ones, it was probably you who gave him the hospital pass now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> And I just caught it. It was just the way it happened, and um, it wasn't as if I like broke him up or anything like that. It was just that he was off balance, and I hit him. And I remember Dully saying to me after the game, he said, "Like you know, they're gonna, like that was one of the key reasons why they kept you on the training panel for the rest of the year." Like you know, and, and it was just. Uh, your good friend Butsy 
Yeah. Hung you out to dry in this one. Uh, in terms of your physical preparation for that game, <laughs> wouldn't have been. Wouldn't oh have been God! Great. The call came very late in the day, didn't it? <laughs> that was a. That was um. It, see that that wasn't that was a different game. He's getting it was confused. A game, yeah. No. So there were, around a couple of weeks earlier to that, there was like a trial game out in Leash Lusk. It was like the opening of a pitch. Yeah, I remember it was that. A Sunday. Yeah. It was a Sunday game, right? And or yeah, it was a Sunday game. And on the Saturday night, like, uh, we, we, like we, I think it was the 21st. Christmas, around like Christmas that. time, wasn't it? Was it was just maybe before, around Christmas it? time. I can't fully remember. But anyway, we were out. I was out late, like, you know, and um, the call came through. <laughs> to let to say I was in bad enough shape for that game is an understatement, like, you know. But uh, but we got through it anyway. I actually rattled in two goals, which is, like, unheard of for me at that, <laughs> that time. And uh, I didn't get the call up after that. But I got, I got a couple of weeks later, then I got the call for the training game. And that, that was, you know... You never never look back. Never look back, no. Uh, and going back to that time, I remember you coming into the Dublin dressing room and, and uh, you, you brought a great degree of energy uh, and positivity. Um, and I remember seeing your lads commenting at the time, you, you, like the enthusiasm you could feel it off you. Um, and then you started to integrate into the team and play, play a few games. But I wanted to talk to you about something because I, I recall at the time we would have played a few games in National League and you were midfield, I mean, stuff like that. You got extremely nervous before the Big. Dublin games at the start, didn't you? Yeah. And I'm just interested in the whole mentality of how you kind of worked on that because it was something that you used to get very wound up, didn't you? Yeah, it was probably something like... It, it nearly all went back to kind of like my whole temperament like was probably wasn't best um i suppose molded or prepared for into county football really like you know um i used to get myself very worked up for games um i remember the first championship game i played and uh, we played against west meads and um i was i can't even remember who it was. healy um, what was healy um i can't think of his first name anyway but uh, he, he was your vintage and um brilliant damien, football, healy. damien healy yeah jeez damien healy brilliant footballer right he was playing wing back right and i was playing wing forward and i was saying to myself like he was probably around he was 35 around at the time 34 35 mark and i was only like you know 21. he wasn't my vintage then he was a few years older oh uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, he was. He's a few years older, but he was. A, he was. A, he was a smash. He was a brilliant footballer, like you know. But he was yeah. a real attacking yeah, yeah, wing back. Him. And um, I was saying to myself, I'm going to put him on the back foot. I'm going to work him into the ground, like you know. And you know, all week long, I remember in work, I was like so worked up about this, like you know, like I was thinking solely about him. I wasn't really like you know concentrating on, on my, my own game. I went there anyway, and I, 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 he scored two points in the first half. Um, I let them, the kind of it was an eighty thousand people game like first yeah, round yeah, championship, first round championship yeah. and uh, I got taken off at half time, you know, and it was just that was like it was I suppose it was a real wake up call. It was kind of like saying I can't go into games like this kind of, mm. you know, on the edge because you know I, I wasn't prepared for the temperament. I didn't have a calm approach going into it, and it, it really did like kind of it was a great learning curve, I suppose. Like that that naturally comes with inexperience, but mm. it, it, it's like there's a lot bandied around in the modern day about the importance of mental preparation and sports psychology and stuff like that but it's obviously something that you have worked incredibly hard on uh, you know to come from that space where you know you really got wound up to now have a sense of calmness about you so that you obviously had some sort of tools or there was something you bought into over a period of time I know age and experience helps <coughs> but, but it is it, it, we can't get away from the importance of that mental preparation No I think it's something that you kind of 
the one thing about mental preparation is I think it's a unique um, it's a it's a unique preparation that you need to have and a unique approach I don't think there's a one size fits all for every it's player individual it has to be you know some lads need to be kind of going in there to a game very wound up like you know nearly like kind of um, really motivating themselves to, to get it to get to a level of um, yeah, some some fellas need a clip need to a get clip going. To get going, yeah. Like some lads, you want to wake them up. Other lads, like me, I think I need to stay as calm as possible because I've no problem reaching the heights of kind of you know um, motivation or my temperament can 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 get overheated if I if I'm too um, wound up. So I like to go into a nice calm approach. If I'm going into a game the day beforehand, I try to keep. I don't think about the game at all. I kind of keep my my mind free from it. Um, but the morning of a game, like when I play my best football is when I'm kind of bouncing around the dressing room, having a bit of a laugh, um, very serious and like ready for the game, but I'm just smiling, I'm, I'm in a calm place, you know, and mm. um, I think that's what works best for me now. And, and it's, it's something that just came over time. Something that came over time with the help of with like help kind of, of sports psychologists, different yeah. ones along the way who yeah. would give you different Because tips. it's something that's, there's a lot of, if we've seen in recent weeks, some of the sports psychologists have been mocked and accused of being bullshitters and stuff like that. But I think people fail to recognise there is, it is a huge part of the game. Yeah, I, I see. I think they're. I think they play a massive part of the game. Like you know, and um, anyone who's saying that, I, I don't. I don't know. Like where their where their views are coming from. Like you know, it's you talk to every player. Like you know, like it, it can be a lonely place as a, as a in the kind of footballer or or high performing athlete of any kind because you always want people to lean on, right? And you can't always lean on coaches like technical coaches. Um, or even physical coaches, you need like half the game. It's is, hard to be honest sometimes. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need and you can be can honest in a, in a room with like someone who's a sports psychologist, and you can tell them how you feel. Um, it's you know, I, I think it's I think it's really important. And I find like a lot of the guys now on the team with Dublin would lean on kind of like sport, mm. different sports psychologists and stuff. Um, and I think there's real value in it. Mm. And around that same time in 2008. You made, a, I suppose, a career choice that you decided to go to DCU to study. Yeah, that allowed you to live life probably as a mm. professional footballer combined with study, and and you got to play Sigerson, and you and that that plays a significant part in your progression as well. Hundred percent, and I think the whole like, you know, going when I remember, I remember going into the Dublin dressing room, right, and you're talking to different lads within the team. And they all went to college, you know. And at the time, I hadn't. I I, I was um, qualified plumber, or I was mm. getting on that journey. But I was very close to finishing off. And um, and then obviously the recession I was was just kind of starting off. Mm. Things were slowing down in the construction industry. And I was looking around the dressing room. Everyone had a degree, and like there was a part. Like, I was like, I, I was like, I want this, you know, that kind of way. And um, so there was a it was a two sides. So there was one where I wanted to really kind of have the opportunity to kind of fully kind of try and reach my potential on the pitch, but there was also a piece where I wanted to try and reach my potential off the pitch too, and um, being able to kind of get a scholarship to DCU at the time, sports scholarship was just you know was amazing. You know? Can I ask you something just important in relation to that because? At that time, right, and I we'll touch on the GPA later, but did you get guidance from anybody at that time, or was that a personal decision? Well, like, was there somebody coming with an arm around the shoulder to you and say, "Well, listen, Paul, I think this is the direction." It's very easy to get caught in this intercounty bubble, <clears throat> this, but but you've got to be aware of your education and your career as well. Or was it just something that came from within? 
we were lucky at the time Pat brought in structures um, this was this was Pat's uh, era so it was on mm. I think it was on nine. 9 it was yeah, it was on 9 yeah and um, Pat had uh, Pork born in with him Podge and um, he, like, he used to sit down with a lot of the younger guys like you know and you know ask about what's going on off the field you know and it, was, it was the first probably manager who kind of well anyway, from my exposure first manager who kind of like thought about that, them, them mm. things like you know and I thought it was, it was very forward thinking and then also we had Niall Mine on, on, as our um, he was a coach and, and, and a selector on that team as well so between the two of them he was, I got, he was looking for a good Sigerson team no and it was me who approached him in fairness like you know and um, like, you know he just guided me along the way with a sports scholarship program but after like you know discussions with Podge and you know I was um, I was on site at the time I was working hard and then I was going training and I was like I was wrecked before I got to training you know never mind kind of um, trying to train and that and, but anyway that wasn't why I, I really wanted to get a degree excuse me and um it, it just it that that's where it kind of started off from and look looking within discussions with Podge and with discussions then with with Niall Moyna and uh, applied for the sports scholarship scheme and I was looking mm. to get it and then to to go on and I know you shared a partner with Michael Murphy and Aidan Walsh but like it, it <coughs> kind of it's probably set standards and it set a culture in your life that would that be fair to say oh that? stop like it's you know I, the core part of my whole development like is due to the fact that I, I went there at the time I went there you know um, like if you if I if I think about what kind of I had at the time I probably had like you know as I say I had all the physical attributes I suppose I was strong I was fit <coughs> um, I had a lot like I, I had a, gr- a good determination um, and a raw a raw talent let's say all the ingredients were there. All it was the just knitting it together, yeah. But I didn't have the technical. I wasn't. I wasn't technically strong enough to play intercounty football at the time. Not to the highest level, as in like <clears throat> play off both feet, um, my passing accuracy, your shooting accuracy, all them things that are vitally important. Like you know, <clears throat> and they're things that you develop as you go, you're in an intercounty setup. But when DCU, like they were, they were, they were the real things I really got to hone in on. Like you know, and we used to do a lot of. I used to do a lot of like kicking. Uh, I used to go out nearly every day and kick, and uh, for scores and for points, left foot, right foot, and uh, with Murph, and um, it it did make a big difference, you know, huge difference. Yeah, well, obviously made a massive difference. You went on then to break into the team and, and yeah. make up a load of all stars. But 2011 was was probably the breakthrough year. Yeah. I know 2010 was 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 kind of an up and down year, losing to me, then bouncing back, but. What was different in your opinion in 2011? Where where was the turning point? Um, where was the turning point? It's, it's a it's a gas question, like you know. I think I suppose I remember in 2010, right? Like after the season, it was it was an up and down season even for myself. I was starting, and then we kind of got like, beat, beaten um, by um, beaten by Mead, and we came back. Then it was a five goal year, yeah. And we came back and got a good run in the qualifiers. But I wasn't starting every game, and I was coming on and making an impact. And uh, but I said, remember after that season, I said like I don't want to be making an impact. I want to start. And in fairness to Pat, then like he he, he was he was brilliant at kind of identifying areas I needed to work on, and then like helping me kind of hone in on the skills. And how 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 did that conversation go? It was me kind of reaching out asking, like, you know, I wasn't definitely, I didn't mind what he said. Like, I didn't mind if he said that, like, you need to do whatever I needed to do, I was willing to do. You know, that kind of way. I yeah. wanted him to tell me more nearly, you know, that kind of way. That's kind <laughs> of, is that, would that be a trait of your personality to a, to a certain degree? You're not, you're not afraid to kind of reach out. I remember we had a long yeah. conversation outside of Chipper and Blanchard's <laughs> in around 09, 010, but, you know, you're, 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 
you're not afraid to look for kind of constructive criticism to a yeah. certain way because you saw that as a, as a learning point. Absolutely. Like, you know, sometimes you can be blinded by your own kind of self saying that, like, you know, I can do all these things, but, like, I, I don't know everything and I still don't know everything about the game and you need to kind of be reaching out and asking people who are looking at you playing day in, day out, training, and ask them, like, you know, what do you feel I need to work on that's going to help me become a be the best player I can be? And that's kind of the, what I was thinking. And um, one of them was around shooting. And Pat, Pat, I remember clear as day, Pat brought me out to DCU um, in the middle of the day, you know, and obviously, like, you know, he, he made that kind of sacrifice, but it was in the middle of the day. Just two years. And Baron Brogan. And Baron Brogan. And uh, <clears throat> we, did a, we did a kicking session that kind of, I think, changed, changed everything, really. Like, you know, I was, it, was, it, was, it was because it gave me a structure of how to practice my kicking. Whereas you might go out and kick, like, 50 balls, you don't count anything. There was structure to this where you would count the number of shots you were taking, but it wasn't. It was about the technique part of it, like you know. And it was elementary. It was elementary, like you know. Um, but I got a technique then, like you know. It, it wasn't. It wasn't trying to copy Bernard's. He was just. We were just looking on the strike, and uh, we did a lot of work on it. And it was around this three kind of not three second but three phase principle where the first part, which was the most important part, was once I got the ball in my hand was composure okay whereas again coming back to that coming back to that kind of high Camus. tempered yeah. yeah so it was composure so I catch the ball the first piece was composure the second piece was getting a good strike so it was right off the sweet spot on my foot getting a good strike and the third piece was keeping my head down and following through and we did it like I'd say we probably kicked around 40-50 balls that day and I didn't look at one ball like, and they were telling me whether they went over or not and it didn't matter it was about to strike and it was just something that I kind of carried into like for the rest of my career and still do practice like you know um, that kind of simple kind of technique now you don't have as you go on you don't have to be thinking compose strike becomes forward natural. it just becomes, it becomes natural, natural but yeah, I needed yeah. that kind of and it was <clears throat> it was one in one session that day that it kind one of session. fundamentally no, I worked it like, yeah. I know yeah, myself but yeah, yeah. It, that one session I thought like, made a massive difference to kind of because I added like scores for my season 2011 right. and from that year on I like kind of added more and more scores and that's kind of you know if you're playing wing forward like there's when you're playing wing forward there's like there's like there's so many great wing forwards who can kind of do the defensive work who can blink the play who can do, do all them and win with a breaking ball all the important things but you know what, what really differentiates is when you're kicking the two and three scores a game I think Fascinating stuff, I have to say, and and then obviously 2011, breaking over the line and getting there um, was a massive achievement, and I think it, 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 did that add to the confidence and the whole mentality that now we're now we're in a better place to move forward for you individually and as a team. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Like you know, I, I still like. It's funny. Like I um, and every year, like, I would still be kind of questioning myself, like, you know, that kind of way, like, you'd be hoping, like, I, I suppose, uh, one of my worst traits, it could be my best, but one of my worst traits is I seem to always kind of find, um, I, I kind of put a spotlight on some of the, 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 um, the negatives, the negatives, you know, and... Uh, but I suppose, like, like any sports psychologist, it can't be a perfect world either, yeah. you know, there's going to be days when it doesn't go well, mm. you know. And there is, it, like, yeah. it... it I've yet to play the perfect game, you know, in that kind of way. Like, you know, I played a game with the club there recently and it was as close to it as possible, but, like, I've yet to play the perfect game with Dublin, like, you know, and um, 
and maybe I have played it like you know or as close I'm to sure as I'm going to get yeah, but yeah. in my own mind I would be thinking even after I played a great game I'd, 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 I'd zoom in on the kind of negatives and I'd, I'd kind of play them over my head and how I'd play them differently you know but um, but I suppose that keeps you grounded too as well It was the start of a golden era 2011 Um and Pat went then 2012 and yeah. Jim comes in in 2013. Was Jim's job made easier, the fact that there was an All-Ireland in the top pocket for that group? Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it was. Like, you know, it would have been harder to come in if, again, like we hadn't, we hadn't won an All-Ireland. And the baggage like, you know, was there, yeah. The baggage is there. And um, I think Pat as well kind of like instilled a, a, a much stronger defensive culture in the team too. And even began to build a really positive culture in the team, because um, after '09 we got hammered again, like you know, and you know, uh, oh, yeah, '09 oh, we got hammered yeah, again, like yeah. you know, and uh, in in 2010, like was I feel the turning point of the year really because we kind of we believed then that we could win All Ireland because we got to that semi final stage, we should have beaten Cork, you know, and we would have crack it down then the final, but. Um, and then in eleven, then we just had a good run of it, and you know, we, it was just we, we rode our luck as well along the way. Don't get me wrong, but it was because we believed we could win, you know. And um, and even in that final, going five points down, like teams in the past that like, we were all a part of, we like we wouldn't mm. have came back from that, you know. Mm. Um, and I suppose there was a kind of that kind of belief and desire carried into then twelve. Although we didn't beat Mayo that day, we still played all right in the second half. But it carried into 13-2 as well, you know, for Jim when he took on the squad. So, four All-Stars in a row. And probably what a lot of people don't realise is you, you went through a lot of injuries during that period as well, didn't you? At the end, I did. Like, you know, um, well, in, look, no other, in soft tissue injuries at the start, like, you know, but... Um, but coming to the coming to the fourteen season, like you know, I struggled a lot with the grind, you know. Mm. Um, it's an awful injury, really. Like you know, and I talk to players up and down the country about it. Like you know, whenever I get a chance to meet them, because if, it seems that every every squad is is plagued with it, you know. And uh, and even over like lucky enough to meet a couple of the boys from like rugby or more so in in the Premiership. Like Kevin Doyle, I met him recently, and I was talking to him about it. And he said that nearly every Premiership player has has hernia operations and stuff like that, you know. So it's uh, very similar hernia operations or Gilmore's groin or osteoidus pubis or you know it, it's similar injury. It's all stemming from the pubic symphysis and then around the groin area. Mm. Um, but it does plague you because it doesn't allow you to train and push yourself as hard as you can, and that which, really which, kills which me. would totally go against your principles. Yeah, it does. You know, and like in the 2015 season was the most frustrating of my life because. I had to tailor my training, you know, and yeah. like that's the one thing is an athlete you don't want to do is tailor your training. You just want to go full out, you know. Um, and it's tough mentally then as well in terms of your own mindset. Is are you in, are you in the best place? Yeah, you're, you're constantly. It's a constant battle. It's yeah. a constant battle, you know. Um, like I again at fifteen, I couldn't do kicking. Pra- I could, but I couldn't kick a ball. Kick to go out and do kick 30, 40 balls. Like that would just be. I wouldn't get out of bed the next morning. Yeah, so you're not yeah, going away, yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and going back to 2014, the only blip, say, in the last few years, uh, the Donegal match, right? Um, do you think, as as a management team, Jim and his and his backroom team learned a hell of a lot from that game? Is that was was that the yeah. springboard to the yeah, last? Yeah, we all did. We all yeah. did. Management and players, and that's like I, I put that that game down to the reason we went back to back do you know that kind of way like mm. and um, 
again, like we were, we the way we played in thirteen, like was just it was off it was the cuff stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, go yeah. at it, like it was so aggressive, you know. And um, even it's fascinating to watch Premiership football and stuff and see how different teams are playing. And you know when when they do go full press, you know it's it's a high risk game, you know, and. Premiership teams, like even like if they're not the top teams, will find their way through the high press after a couple of times getting beaten by it, or as the season progresses. So we're lucky to get through a full season with that kind of aggressive style of football, without having a kind of um, a structure, let's say, at the back. Mm. And in fourteen, Donegal, like you know, found that weakness, and uh, even still, like we should have, should have, should have beaten them that day. Like I think I'm. Like you know, I have no no uh, problem saying that. Like we were, we were cruising in the first half. You know, um, we had two goal chances. If we had kind of converted one of them, I have no doubt we would we would have held on and won that game. Um, but in fairness to Donegal, they came back and then the second half they even in the first half, second half of the first half and the second half they blitzed us. You know, yeah, and it would, like I think it was ne- nearly a case that when the first two goals came, I think everybody could see the third goal coming. If you know but the way the team ah, was yeah. set up, but there still was a chance if the if the structures had him in there, you might you know Dublin could have still turned around in the second half. Yeah, like look. Like the amount of times, like uh, it's it's funny. Like we can we can rattle off three five, you know, or, or, or we can rattle off massive numbers in, in very short periods of time, um, when we kind of f- get into a groove. But um, that day, when you're playing against such an organised and mature defensive structure, you know, it it can be harder to, to rattle off them types of scores, you know. Yeah. And I suppose the measure of any team is how they bounce back. Yeah. Two thousand fifteen. Um, Two great games, obviously against yeah. Mayo, and then to get over Kerry in the, in the final. I'm sure that was like it kind of after 2014. It really kind of, I suppose, sealed the deal that we we are the top team in the country. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was just one of those. Yeah, it, it was, it was great feeling to come back and bounce back. There's, there's nothing better than coming back after like you know um, a year of hurt. Like you know, I've, mm. I've said it before. Like after that game in 14. It was the closest feeling to having a bereavement in the family after losing that game. Like, you know, I was like, I was so upset. Like, you know, it was, we were all so caught up about it. But I really took that loss really badly, like, you know. Um, and I, I just felt that that was like the kind of year that we were going to go and, and do a kind of something really special. Um, but but look, that's the, that was just, that's just the way sport goes. But to be able to kind of, you know, galvanise a group again to go back to to the grind. To be able to turn a negative into a positive, I suppose. Yeah, yeah and, and and like every session that year in four, in in fifteen, you know, that was what our motivating factor was. That they were not going to let this happen again. Like you know, and you know, it, it it was it was kind of empowering, really. Like you know, to see how lads responded in such a such a positive way. You know, but there's a but there's a huge. Um I suppose aura, but also self belief within the team as well. That nothing seems to phase the team at the present time. You know, like going four or five points down or conceding the odd goal here, there. It doesn't. You know, we we saw that against Kerry this year in the first half when <coughs> there was a kind of a wobble. We saw it the previous year when when Mayo were were in a, in a good position coming into the last twenty minutes. But there seems to be a huge deep down inner belief, I suppose, in in what's called the process, if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's like you know it's funny like you know um, I remember watching Kilkenny do this like for years and say to myself God if you get there like you're just you know it's a great place to be and you know it's 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 funny like I, I'm a Man United fan like so I'm always going but like even when Ferguson like was manager of Man United like there was a kind of an aura about them that like um, 
you never thought they were going to lose, did you? Like, you know, like even if they were like two or three down, you'd always thought they'd come they back had a chance, and get, yeah. had a chance. And um, in the last couple of years, like, you know, when we do go down in them big games like that, like years beforehand, we probably wouldn't have came back, you know, and um, we just have built like and worked on them and we've got a real mental resolve to be able to kind of deal with um, whatever situation is thrown at you, you know, and realise that a game goes on for 76 minutes, 77 minutes, 78 minutes now, the way, you know, the new timings have yeah, been working yeah, this extra, year. Yeah, seven, eight minutes. And, you know, anything can happen in a couple of minutes, like, you know, and that game against Mayo um, last year, well, last year's game, um, we rattled off 3-5 after Lee Keegan. Um, I think it was 3-5. It was 3-4, it was, it was, it was, it was 3-5 after Lee Keegan dropped that ball short that time. And... Um, I could be I could be wrong there, but we, we put yeah. up a big score after that to win the game. After you know? that, yeah, yeah, two goals. And um, we can just do that, you know, and and, and that that's a great trait to have, and you know, um, hopefully we can carry that into kind of going forward, you know. And going back to this year, and um, I think if if I was put myself in your position and, and knowing your personality well, um, I'd say this year was a kind of a roller coaster year, was it? Uh, and, and and I say this from the context because. Uh, I, I, I would, it would have bugged me I would have thought a lot of the like when you set the bar so high and you set a level of consistency and I think if you, if you, if you go back and you look at say the likes of Brian O'Driscoll who had you know when he was captain of Ireland and went through a period of criticism and stuff like that and um, I would have got annoyed this year when I saw people talking the build up to the, uh, the replay match about yourself and Bernard being dropped and people running stupid polls and stuff like that that really bugged me so mm. I would have thought I'm sure it probably bugged you I know you're trying to stay away from it but I would have thought your performance in the All-Ireland Final was was a huge satisfaction it was yeah like it was It was great look look. this game right and every sport of its kind is is, is predicated on performance you know that kind of way and like um, fans are entitled to their opinion yeah. pundits are entitled to their opinion Um but the key thing for me is what's kind of what people think in the women's restroom, you know, mm. and but it, but it's also kind of what people fail to recognise is the standards that are set. Yeah, you know, when 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 top class players set a really high standard, mm. uh, then we're we're kind of a, a society in knockers when they when they fall off that kind of level and yeah, they forget how high the hands. Too, you know? yeah, I, yeah. like I wouldn't uh, that that is not like it, it is it is disappointing to think like you know because me and Bernard have been involved like in in kind of. Um, it would have been involved in three All Ireland wins before that, you know. <laughs> He's player of the year. Like we've got a number of All Stars. We've probably, like you know, serviced our, served our, our county well, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the end of the day, if 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 people are entitled to their opinion, then you know it's a talking point coming up to. And that's one of the good things about the GAA is in sport, is people like to talk about things, like you know, yeah. no matter how, you know, and they'll make little thing or big things out of little things. But um, but there was a sense of satisfaction in the final though, when people are doubting you, like you know. Um, yeah. And, and, and you're kind of really put to the pin of your collar and you kind and, of... And moving, one of the, the first things that jumped out at me that day, and I know it was kind of speculated on, but you going back to midfield, uh, which is, I would have always had a kind of preference to see you play there at some stage. Did, did, did you enjoy that? Did that give you freedom? It did. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Like, it was kind of like nearly like, I suppose, it was something fresh as well. It was like, you know what, like, I I can play midfield. Like, I've played here, like, all my life growing up. Like, and I'm practically a glorified midfielder playing wing forward, like, the way I play mm. it. But um, but to go out there now, like, you know, it was, it was kind of 
it kind of took a little bit of pressure off, I think, as well. Um, and I could just go out there, be free. You know, it's there's loads more space. You know, you're free to kind of go forward. You, you can hold your defensive structure. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it, I have to say, you know. And... Um, yeah, it was. It, it's great, and like, it's not actually an easy task playing midfield against the Mayo boys because of all the teams, they're the most mobile midfielders mm-hmm. there are, you know. So, um, it was a challenge, but I really enjoyed it, you know, and um, like, put in a good shift, and I was just happy then to kind of play play our part. But, um, but it was, it was, it was probably a bit sweeter after kind of people are doubting you and calling for your yeah. head, you know. Yeah, I would have thought so. And out of those, when you look back and you reflect on the four All Irelands, mm. which one sticks out for you? Which one sticks out for me the most is, um, and uh, I say it all the time, like it's 2011, like, you know, it was just, like, I, I've said this so many times, I feel like I'm really broken record, but I actually remember being in college, right, and it was in 2010, and me and Michael Murphy were, like, sitting in college, and we were like, I'd do anything to win one All-Ireland and one All-Star, and I'd pack it all in. <laughs> and that's what we were, that's <laughs> that what was, was going That was through, the right? goal. That was the goal. And I swear, like, there was a point there, like, you know, where I thought we were, I was never going to get there, like, you know, with the team. Yeah. And um, just to get over the line in 2011 was such a great bunch, and the way we did it, and the, the, the way the fans reacted, and the way Dublin reacted, and it was, like, a time of my life I'll never forget, like, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. And everything after that was, like, absolutely, each one of them, I, I kind of, if I look at all four medals, I cherish them all the same, but, yeah. like... There's no doubt about it. Like you know, that the feeling after eleven, you know, it was just, it was just special. And thirty years of age, a lot of people play their best football from from thirty years. Is that right? Really? That's <laughs> great to hear. <laughs> but uh, you know, the body's good. You know what I mean. You're feeling, you're, you're feeling up for it. Like there's, I've no doubt there's another few years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Is the drive, like, is the hunger, is that old passion still there to drive ah, the on hunger's there alright I can't unfortunately I can't get away with that and the problem's going to be when I do retire that's still going to be there you know so uh, um, no look it's it's I am as I say it's gone 30 now feeling good I actually probably had my best um, run of it with the club usually I'd be injured and I'd have to rest but I was able to play and train every session and stuff so I'm going to take a couple of weeks off now and I'm going to rest the body um, and the mind um, and I suppose now at the moment like it's it's funny when you're younger you can kind of you can give 100% of your time to football really like you know and maybe or say say even 80% of your time to football and 20% to your studies or to your every, every other part of your life but at the moment now like I have to find the balance between kind of um, work and uh, and football and, and home life too you know so you know it's, it's, it, it's a balancing act at the moment that I just need to find the right balance but there's no doubt about it the drive's still there to go again I get a sense you're usually appreciative of the opportunity you've had. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a full believer that anybody who gets a chance to wear the Dublin jersey is a privileged, is a privileged individual. Um, you know, not everyone gets to do it in Dublin. Like, there's more competition than probably every other county because there's so many more players playing, and there's so many great footballers out there in club football in Dublin. Like, you know, and you know, if you if you don't treat the opportunity with respect, you know, and you don't give it everything that you, your body possibly allows you to. You've done the jersey this this honesty and um like you know you see the great players that have gone before including yourself loads more as well um way before our time and like you know it's just it's all a part of the one process and it's it's a kind of we're lucky to wear the jersey we're a privileged group and i just think that with that privilege comes a responsibility to give it everything you have well, i think that appreciation reflects though in what you do off the pitch as well 
Um, I, I know you're an ambassador for PA the house, but it's it's something that's close to close to your heart, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like I, I you look, I like to get involved in things that have I feel like can a kind of add something to it. And B, kind of, it's kind of, it is close to my heart, you know. And unfortunately, suicide is close to my heart for the wrong reasons because we lost a friend and if a few people um, threw it to it. And um, I just felt that by getting involved with Pied House, maybe kind of as an ambassador to try and promote their services, to promote, you know, um, that there is kind of other options out there to people who kind of are struggling with mental health because it's very prominent at the moment and unfortunately it's, it's kind of a bit of a plague to, 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 to the nation at the moment and we need to try and kind of look out for one another on, on like, and one of the key things for me is, is looking out for your friends and family and if you look out for, if everyone looks out for them um, it can make a big impact and you spend a fair bit of time up there do you, you spend a fair bit of time in PA to house do you yeah I do I do like I do, I do a lot of promotional stuff for them and then I try to do like some stuff as well um, kind of getting involved on the board as well so just trying to kind of do do little bits with them but I, I do give I do give a bit of my time to them absolutely yeah it's fantastic to see um, the other key element of, of, of your off the field activity is your role in the GPA yeah secretary of the GPA um, again I suppose we've seen the GPA come in for criticism in some circles and that has become too elitism and stuff like that what where do you see the future of the GPA going what what are the key objectives the thing about the GPA is like you know for me anyway the demands on the county footballers now are like way higher than even when I started playing like it's it's just it's it's gone it's astronomical really like you know and you know you do see lads and I try to talk to lads all the time and it's I think it's more so now because of the the, the job that I have um, within recruitment like that 10 years when you're playing 20 to 30 is your most important on the field but it's bloody hell is your most important off the field as well mm-hmm. and you know there's a, there's a balance that needs to be done and I think that the GPA um, and I know that the GPA is trying to fi- help players find that balance mm-hmm. and some people fail to find a balance and at the end of their career fall into difficulty whether it be with you know um, not having a career and they mm. need help with that or they have maybe a business that hasn't worked out well or that they have mental health issues or they have gambling issues and they can be all like kind of directly related to high demands as an intercounty footballer and neglecting their other part of their life so the one like holistically like I think the GPA recognises that and is trying to allow players be the best they can be on and off the field and I don't think that's too much you know too much to ask and I think it's a it, all the players who are involved in it kind of appreciate the services and that's for sure and it, like they are intrinsically linked to a certain degree the, the welfare off the field and, and like the criticism that's probably thrown at them is that they're too commercial but unfortunately commercial is what is what's seen publicly it's the unseen stuff behind the scenes that's difficult to promote that people probably are not aware of, I suppose, is it? That yeah, people it's are, the work, and it's difficult to kind of, it's difficult to strike that balance. They have a job to do, I suppose. Yeah, and like, see, so it's not something that, like, you know, like we you, we try and outline the services that are being done, but you have to keep someone with much of a confidential yeah. that, mm-hmm. like, you can't really, like, and any commercial activity that's being done is pumped directly back into players, into mm-hmm. county players, who, you know, generate, you know, 90 to 95% of the revenue of the GAA mm-hmm. through the commercialization of the GAA, which is by no fault of the GPA. It's, it's, 
it's it's just it's the every, way everybody's evolves, on the same boat. You know? yeah. So like you know, I don't know what like you know if if the if the if the GPA players, the intercounty body players, like generate you know the vast majority of the income generated by the GAA, surely the players are like you know entitled to not money, they're entitled to support. Like mm -hmm. and then support structures come in the in the way of. Um, grants to be able to fulfill their college um, degrees and um, maybe if they're setting up a business maybe if they do have difficulties like we just alluded to like you know mm. mental health or gambling issues and things like that and would you would you be would you be concerned about the underlying welfare of some county players presently in terms of the demands that it brings on the pitch and off the pitch and the, the general life demands. Yeah, I, I, con concerns. There are guys struggling more, out there. There are lads who aren't who are, who are finding hard to find the balance, and that's the thing. And I have to say, like we're desperately lucky in Dublin um, to have Jim as the manager because he, he understands, you know, he he totally understands the importance of players off the field's lives as well. And don't get me wrong, he'll push us to the pin of our collar, like you know, when the time is right. But when if lads have to to, to pursue other parts of their career, doesn't I have never seen him say no. And and I think they're I don't, I'm not too sure if that's the same with every county team in 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 the, in the country. So it's something that you're going to stay heavily involved in. I know you're, you're the secretary, and there's going to be a, a change in leadership into the future. But um, it's certainly something you're going to stay involved in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to see lads getting looked after, and like you know, I, I enjoy working with like you know um, the GPA and the service. I believe in the service that they do, and they've been very helpful to me in in my career. So I think you need you need to be able to give a bit back then to things people when people are helpful to you. So I suppose to conclude. What does what does the future hold? What are, what are what are the what are the uh, plans for Paul Flynn over the next twelve twenty four months? Um, next twelve months, anyway. Like you know, it's about just kind of enjoying kind of um, the challenge of what's to, to come. I think it's, it's kind of a new phase now in in I suppose my own career, whereby the young lads aren't the young lads anymore. They're now they're now twenty five and twenty six. So the comp competition is rife. So you know, I embrace that. You know, you know, and um I'm gonna go hard at it this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the body heal. Make sure when I go back that it's in it's in a good shape. And when I hit the when I hit the ground, I'm gonna hit it, hit it running. And you know, challenge for um, maybe position midfield, maybe half forward, whatever whatever's presented to me, and just go at it again like I do all every year. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming in today to talk to us. Yeah. Uh, wish you and Fiona happy Christmas and and best of luck next year and. Getting that three in a row for Dublin. Many happy returns and thanks very much. Cheers, real up.